It's time for Rams All Access. Last Sunday, the Rams squeezed out the win at MetLife over the Jets. But that didn't stop Coach Fisher from making the switch. It's a gut feel. L.A. has waited for. You know, it's the right decision right now. Jared Goff is in. Play as best I can. Whatever happens, happens. Man. I mean, I'm just going to go out there and work hard every day. And we get you ready. With Rams All Access. The voice of the Rams, J.B. Long. The Rams are on it. And DeMarco Farr give you insight into the game and the team and what's going down this week in practice as we get ready for the Dolphins of the Coliseum in Week 11. This is Rams All Access Access. with J.B. and DeMarco on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. And it will continue to be a special and hopefully historic week for Rams football. Welcome to Rams All Access with Marco Far, JB Long, not just on the field but off it as well. This afternoon, the Rams officially breaking ground on the LA Stadium and Entertainment District at Hollywood Park. We were there. We have interviews with Kevin Demoff, with Aaron Donald, with Jack Youngblood, and with the Commissioner Roger Goodell coming up on the show. But the news of the week is on the field. It's in the Coliseum. It's Jared Goff set to make his first professional start. DeMarco, I know you were at practice yesterday. What was the buzz around the Rams facility? You know, they were excited. Um, Watching Jared Goff throw the ball around, I mean, it was impressive to see uh, just where the ball placement and how fast it came out of his hand. Um, You could see the excitement, especially from the defensive guys. They were in pads. They were giving it to the offense. There was a lot of loud coaching. uh, Just real animated. So, I mean, when you think about making a switch to get a spark or a, a, a shot in the arm, so to speak, well, it worked on practice on Wednesday. Let's hope there's carryover to Sunday. So, so far, so good. And he didn't look like a fish out of water. He, he looked like he'd been there before. So uh, that's in practice. No one's really coming to hit him. But as far as Wednesday goes, I, I, I'd say that that has to be a plus. It's interesting that you start with the defense because that's the group that we were growing concerned with. They were playing at an elite level. They were holding up their end of the bargain, and you wondered how long their side of the locker room could tolerate zero touchdown performances. So I'm intrigued by the fact that you noticed the energy on that side of the ball first, which is not to say that the offense and the skill position players are not jazzed too, that they don't have new life. But that's a good observation that it's the defensive side that perhaps breathes fresh air first. Oh, the, the, the physicality, they were vocal. I mean, they were trying to really work the offense. Uh, look, um, I'm big on body language, and I've been there before, and you know, guys are always going to toe the company line when one side of the ball or the other, one of the three phases is struggling. But when you see that sort of reaction out of a defense right after you make a quarterback change, speaks volumes. So uh, I, I think we all know, and, and Jeff has said, Jeff Fisher has said, Look, we've, we've got to score more points offensively. Special teams, Johnny Hecker, one of the best. You've got a championship-level defense. Well, what's holding you back? What's keeping you uh, below 500? Well, offensively. So when you see that sort of reaction, I guess making the move now was the right move. The press conference from a backup quarterback that drew all the attention and all the accolades this week in the NFL was that of Tony Romo. But closer to home here, Case Keenum took the news a little bit differently. What was your reaction to Case's body language and the words that he offered when he was delivered the news? You know, look, it makes Monday. um, You can understand Monday when when Jeff Fisher said, we're not going to make any moves, we're not going to do anything, we're going to stay status quo, and then Tuesday you go to Jared Goff. Well, that just tells me that maybe Case didn't know on Monday. That's why you had to wait until Tuesday. But, look, he reacted the the way that Tony Romo reacted. I'm going to do, I'm a captain, I'm going to do what they tell me to do, I'm going to do what's best for the football team, so... It's not my choice, it's theirs, and if I'm not going to be the starter, I'm going to be the best backup I can possibly be. So, look, it's all about winning games. It's not about getting Case into the end zone or getting Case into the Pro Bowl or getting him a win. It's about the Rams. So, if it's not you, then somebody else, and then you have to go to a support role. And watching him in practice support Jared Goff, complete a pass, going downfield, everybody's excited. He's the first one going to Jared Goff saying good pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, When there's a mistake, he's the first one helping him out. So, That's what you want out of Case Keenum at this point. I mean, the odds are decent that he has not taken his last snap as a Ram yet. I mean, just in terms of what's ahead on the schedule and the likelihood. I mean, I I think it's almost astonishing that he played every snap to this point in the season, speaking of Case. Yeah. That Jared didn't get his turn involuntarily sooner because he was dressed as the two. Well, let's not mess around. I mean... Miami can rush the passer. Cameron Wake can end your day. And Dominican Sue can absolutely 
eat you. That's what I'm saying. If he wants to. So just like Jared Goff was, you're a snap away from going right back in. Stay, Stay engaged. Stay involved. Stay in the game plan. You've been in locker rooms like these when tough decisions are made by the coaching staff, and they've delivered news that maybe not all factions agree with. Are there different temperatures in the locker room right now in terms of adjusting to the new era at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, um, being a player when I was there, uh, you're hoping that the coach is on the same page as you, so sometimes you're like, this needs to be changed right now. And then when it happens, you you kind of get a sense of relief. Everybody is on the same page here. And, and sometimes it's political and there's a change made and you don't like it. Right. And you just have to deal with it and move on. So um, as long as you get the desired result on Sunday, everybody's going to be happy, including Case Keenum. And I'm looking ahead to Sunday because if not everyone is pleased with the decision, and, and I trust that there are people who are in Case's corner, and there are people on offense in particular who are shoulder to shoulder with Chase and are taking this personally because his demotion is a reflection on what they did not achieve, right? Oh, absolutely. As, as a unit. Yeah. But when you get there on Sunday, when we all get there on Sunday, and you feel the energy and you feel the buzz in the Coliseum that comes with having a number one pick at quarterback making his debut, I think that's when it'll sink in. I think that's when it becomes a rallying point instead of maybe, I'm not saying it's divisive. It's not divisive. I don't get that sense at all. But if you're disappointed as a Ram that you didn't get your job done or that you as an offense didn't get your job done and a change had to be made, I think you'll overcome that on Sunday when you take the field and 90,000 eyeballs are looking down at right. you. Right. Once, once we get to game day, I mean, all this goes away and it's about best team on game day. But, look, this move was inevitable. Yeah. You're talking about the first pick in the draft. We know. And you're struggling offensively. Um Everyone knew this was going to happen. We just didn't know when, and we talked about it after you lost to Carolina. Don't start the kid in New York. Maybe not the best environment. Maybe we'll see him in Miami. So it it all went down the way we thought it was going to go. So once you get out there on Sunday, it's, look, you're protecting a Rams quarterback. You're trying to get Miami's quarterback or stopping their run game. So all that, the names, the back of the jersey, the name on the back of the jersey goes away. It's all just about moving the football. Can I take – the audience behind Rams radio a little bit. Go ahead. How many weeks have we been having off-air conversations after tough drives during commercial breaks? <laughs> you, me, and Mo. Is this coming? Yeah. Might it be in the second half? Gosh. Is uh, Jared warming up? Did we talk about this versus Buffalo? I, I know so. we did versus New York. In London, we did. and for, Since New York, it's been consistent. I, I think, can remember. I think whispers against Buffalo. Yeah. Detroit, there was nothing to pick at. Right. I think when the final gun sounded in London, we thought that might have been it until moments later. Because the bye week was coming. Yeah, moments right. later, Jeff Fisher said no. Um, when the crowd was chanting, we want Goff, certainly we had our eyes on 16 at every opportunity to see if, hey, are he and Tim Barnes getting together at all? Is there any sign of, of motion? Um, and yet here now it's happened, and I can't help but wonder when I woke up on Tuesday and I saw this, why now? Have you have you kind of wrapped your mind around that? Why now? Kind of. I mean, being on the sideline, I get to watch Goff or just watch all the players. But watching Jared Goff, the first time he was the two. Uh, how many weeks ago? How many weeks has he been two now? How many? Well, we're going into week 11, and he yeah. sat week one. So the 10, 10 weeks. Every single week, you can tell by his body language, he's getting more and more confident. The way he's watching the game, where he stands, what he does when Case Keenum comes back to the bench. So more and more confidence. So like you're telling me his body language is almost like, give me the helmet, I'm ready. You can I mean it's maybe it's the old D lineman in me. I can tell when a quarterback's scared, even if he's not on the field. I can tell when he's not confident, when he's just not ready to play. But he's he's a different guy from week two to now. Just the way he carries himself, when he comes out, the way he warms up, what he's looking at when he warms up, how motivated is he? He's a different guy. And then when I hear the comment before the change was made that Jared Goff says, I'm ready. When the media asked him, he said, I'm ready, without hesitation. Well, we're getting closer to this guy making his first start. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. It, it, he's he's going to go out there, and they're going to rally around him. Uh, that was obvious on Wednesday. Uh, let's hope you can execute the same game plan in the same fashion you did on Wednesday against a different color jersey. You know, it's kind of competing factors because I thought with the win in New York that put them in a position to compete for a wild card spot, and so long as that was on the table, it didn't seem like this was the direction they were going to go. That being said, it's, they also seemed reluctant to put Jared in position where he had to tackle this week 
while they're getting on a plane. And right. so you look ahead on the schedule, and if it's not this week, New Orleans, Thanksgiving, Superdome, that doesn't seem to add up. Uh, do you want to put them up against Tom Brady? Uh, that would Foxborough. be cool. <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing <laughs> right, right. If, if you wanted to make waves, sure. Right. Um, so then you're looking. Then it gets a little bit too deep in the schedule, and you wonder if by then this opportunity would still be on the table for them. So I, I don't know that. It, like like we began this segment, it's going to be a week that goes down in Rams history as a very prominent one. And on the rest of this Rams All Access programming, we're going to talk about the other side of this, which is the stadium that's going to be erected in Inglewood. And uh, I was out there today, still got the dust on my shoes, spoke with a lot of people about kind of the confluence of these factors. Jared Goff era beginning, shovels in the dirt in Los Angeles. So that's what's ahead on this program. We will hear from, among others, Jeff Fisher, Case Keenum, Aaron Donald, Kevin Demoff, Jack Youngblood. It's all ahead on ESPN LA 710. We get ready for week 11 at home against the Dolphins. And Jared Goff finally starting at quarterback. Right now with Rams All Access. With J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. ESPN LA 710. And the ESPN app. He's just excited, you know. He's excited. And as he should be. And it's a challenge. And said, you know, this game's not going to define his career. And it's a good defense, but he's excited about the opportunity. And, you know, he's working hard. And, you know, he's great in the huddle. And guys are just, you know, the offensive group just moved on. You know, we just we just moved on, and they're excited about it. So, you know, I expect him to – I mean, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some negative plays that, that always happen in games. But – I mean, he'll overcome it. We have to put him in position to make some quick decisions, get rid of the football, and, you know, make some plays. Rams head coach Jeff Fisher as we get set for Week 11 Miami and Los Angeles. Sunday at the Coliseum, number one overall selection, Jared Goff, makes his professional debut. Back on Rams All-Access to Marco Farr, J.B. Long, your Los Angeles Rams radio team here on ESPN LA 710. This week's Rams All-Access Twitter poll, which offensive player will benefit most from the quarterback switch to Jared Goff? Which offensive player benefits most from the Jared Goff call? 51% of you said Todd Gurley at running back. Next highest total was 27% for Tyler Higby. 15 of you said Tavon Austin hmm. will benefit the most, and 7% had other write-in candidates. DeFar, what do you think? You Who, know, who's the primary beneficiary this week and beyond? Very astute. Um, I would say the tight ends, Kendricks and Higby. Kendricks first, he's the starter because taller quarterback when you – when you're a run-first, play-action-pass team, the first guy that's going to be open is the tight end because you're going to suck those linebackers into the line of scrimmage. So uh, I don't think Jared Goff will lose sight of those guys like a shorter quarterback like Case Keenum. So those guys, um, look, Todd Gurley's got his work cut out for himself. Um, can you remember, and I was looking at uh, Miami's running back, and I always hate saying his name. Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. Uh, he's one of the league leaders in broken tackles. And when Correct. you watch the film, oh my God, did this guy run through people. Can you remember Todd Gurley breaking a tackle this year? Because they don't have him down for one, and that's those aren't, you know, gospel. I mean, this it's just one guy's opinion, but I don't remember him breaking many tackles. So that's all a Todd Gurley thing, but by virtue of Jared Goff being taller, hitting those tight ends, you're going to have to back off a little bit defensively, which might open up the run game for Todd Gurley. We'll talk a lot about Jay and what he's done rushing for 200-plus yards in back-to-back contests at one point here in his uh, debut appearance for Miami. A little bit later on in the show, plus uh, just the way the Dolphins are going under Ryan Tannehill altogether. Um, But to continue your thought there, you said uh, one thing that I think was highlighted perhaps by Coach Fisher and Rob Boris intentionally or otherwise – the number one thing that you can count on at quarterback this week with the change. I don't know if Jared Goff is going to throw four touchdown passes. I don't know if he's going to throw for more yards in Case Keenum. I don't know if he's going to throw for a few interceptions in Case Keenum. I do know this. He will be taller than Case Keenum. Definitely. Um, the safest spot for any quarterback to throw the football when you think of it, if you have five blockers plus a running back, is right there in the pocket. Well, 
with shorter guys, it's tough to do that because they can't see over the line of scrimmage. Well, I mean, Jared Goff is tall. He's a tall guy. You can sit him right in the pocket. You don't have to move it. You don't have to create time and space for him to get the ball off. So that's going to help Tavon Austin coming across the middle. You can't miss him. That's going to help Higby or, or Lance Kendricks get open. You can see Kenny Brett anywhere on the field, even if you're Case Keenum. Well, imagine if that quarterback six five, a little bit different, and it's going to be tougher for Miami to defend. That's not saying it's going to be easy. They can get after you, but it's a little bit easier to call plays for Rob Boris with a taller quarterback in pocket. In terms of things on film that – even my untrained eye, admittedly, was able to detect in these most recent weeks that might have led to, hey, now's the time to flip the switch. Aside from Jared being ready mentally and physically, throwing to the end zone, especially to Tavon over the middle, and not being able to connect on some of those balls. I think Maureen Jones-Drew pointed out that Case just doesn't have the tilt that we talk about. Quarterbacks, you watch them um, at practice pregame, they will practice throwing a football over the crossbar and then getting it down to their receiver, right? Yes, Case did not have the ability to get that ball tilted over the linebackers and into the bucket the way that Jared does. It's one of Jared's great skills. Right. Great skills. I've seen it for many years at Cal. Um, so that would be that would be a couple of and then the other thing was where we began with balls batted at the line of scrimmage. Teams were rushing Case Keenum differently because they knew if they couldn't get there, the next best thing was to bat a ball and maybe even tip it up in the air. Case is fortunate that these last two or three weeks, a few batted balls weren't intercepted. Jason Pierre-Paul in London is one that stands out to me. Right. Even with a bad hand. He almost caught it. No, I mean, but as a defensive lineman or a blitzing linebacker, what have you, all I have to do is push the pocket to your quarterback. Now, it's not just Case Keenum. It's every shorter quarterback. Russell Wilson is the same thing. You go back and look at your notes when you're getting ready for him is make him throw out of the hole because he can't see. I mean, some of these things are going to be blind throws. Now, he's got more mobility than most, but Mm -hmm. the game plan is still sound. When you have a quarterback that's around six feet, bring the pocket to him. Make him move if he can. If not, he's in the pocket, throw him blind. You get your hands on it, tip it, pick it, or he's going to throw it to a spot where no one is. You can pick it there. So a little bit different when you're facing guys that can see over. Even when the rush is coming, if they know the play is dead, they can see it, dead the ball, live to fight another day. We're going to see a quarterback in a couple of weeks who may be the best, quote-unquote, short quarterback ever in Drew Brees, going into the Hall of Fame. And what he's done at his size and stature, he's had to be impossibly, unimaginably accurate. He throws balls that, that I do not think he sees. He just trusts. He knows where the ball needs to go, and he puts it in a window. Yeah. Um, but... He's, he's confident. The, he's <laughs> the exception, not the rule. And so, um, look, the word tall with respect to Jared has popped up a lot in transcripts this week. So that's just kind of where we got on this little tangent about Jared being listed at 6'4". He's probably a good five, maybe six inches taller than his predecessor. Yes, and I know their 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 MO in New Orleans is something Mike March used to use when he was with the Rams in, in St. Louis. Don't fool the quarterback. Don't fool Drew Brees. If you've got a route that's five and out, run five and out because the ball's coming, right? If you go six, somebody can undercut it. And Drew is going to throw to a spot, whether (laughs) you can see it or not. So, yeah, trust the offense, trust him. Um, But if you had your druthers, and I'm talking all 32 teams, you'd rather have taller guys in the pocket versus shorter guys. What would you make of the fact that everyone in Rams camp is asserting that the offensive package doesn't shrink for a rookie quarterback, it expands because of his arm skill. Oh, I, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, there's some things that I'm sure Rob Boris or any coordinator would say, I don't think we can do that. That's low percentage for us. Even if it's high percentage elsewhere around the league, that's not something we're going to do. We're going to stay away from that. But when you have a quarterback like Jared Goff, I mean, the guy is a blank canvas. There's nothing you can't run with him. Now, you can't overload him with too much, but every throw on the field is now viable. Now, think about a defense coming in where everything, you have to defend the entire field, not just a 15-yard box on either side. It's a little bit different now. I want to ask you if the manifestation of that is going to be Todd Gurley, how many touches he gets, how many yards he gets. But let me ask one more thing. Uh, Number 16 gets the first snap on Sunday. The Rams script their first 16 plays, like every team in the NFL does. Some, some of it's 12 or 14 or 16, whatever. The Rams say they put 16 down. And this week, maybe right now, Rob Boris and Case Keenum and Jared Goff are getting together and saying, what are those 16 plays going to be? Jared, what are you most comfortable with? What matchup do we think we might exploit early? Without being privy to that conversation, give me your first three play calls for Sunday at the Coliseum. What do you expect Jared Goff and the Rams to come out and do on their first possession? Screen left. Up the gut with Gurley, 
uh, depending on where you are, a shout over the middle for the first down, screen again. <laughs> you know what that sounds like to me? Bryce Petty and the New York Jets exactly. game last week. Exactly. Now, when you figure out what they're doing and what the schemes are, when you get more comfortable, you'll start taking shots down the field. But the ball is coming out fast. It, it, he's not going to hold it. And I think that's the right thing and the smart thing to do. Let me kind of flip then and go to the Dolphins' side. And they've been here in Southern California all week because they played and they beat San Diego. They got a four-game winning streak. They intercepted Phil Rivers four times in the fourth quarter last week. And as you watch that game tape, they were draped all over him. I think they only sacked him three times, but man, did they batter Phillip Rivers. What do they want to do early against Goff and the Rams? Well, they're, they're probably going to try to jump routes early. They're going to try to get pressure. It's like, I would say Jared Goff or, Jared Goff or any rookie quarterback is that carrot in front of the donkey. They're going to try to go after that thing. They're, they're going to try to be up-tempo and aggressive, trying to go at you, trying to, re- trying to rattle the rookie. But if you can throw through it or run through it, you'll put them on their heels fast. If you start completing passes, high-percentage stuff, and making them uh, defend the entire field, eventually fatigue's going to set in. Eventually he's going to catch you on a double move, and he can put the ball down the field. So I would bet that happens. There's going to be a lot of blitzing. There's going to be a lot of four-man rush, but a ton of blitzing out of Miami trying to get to Jared Goff. You know what I do first play? What's that? Under center, play action to Todd, heave it as far as you can. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, li- I do. I like it. And I don't even care if it works. I, don't, I Just don't underthrow it. Don't intercept it. If it's five yards beyond Brian Quick or Tavon or Kenny or whomever, so be it. Going towards going towards Britt, you said? Or Tavon? I like Britt. If he thinks he's a pro bowler, then so be it. Let's feed the monster. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I mean... I, he's the biggest guy on the field. If Throw it towards the sideline. If he can't get it, it's out of bounds. So, uh, at Cal... Jared ran the Bear Raid, right? Cal yeah. Bears Bear Raid. It's, it's a little bit more run-oriented than the Air Raid, uh, which Mike Leach runs, right? But Mike Leach has this concept called four verticals. Yeah. Everybody go deep. The, like the most Sandlot football play ever. Yeah. I would go four wide, whatever it is. Todd Gurley, the lone back. Play action. I don't care who you throw it to. Just throw it as far as you can, as high as you can, and let's see if someone runs underneath it. I like it. I, I do. I like the call just as long as they don't blitz. <laughs> how 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 am, how amped would that get the crowd? It would. It would. I mean, but just think about the other side, too, and this is what you have to do. If you do that and they do hit you with a blitz and you get sacked on your first play. <laughs> no, I, 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 and that's a real dynamic. <laughs> right. I, mean, I do want to talk about in our yeah. next segment the uh, the be careful what you wish for yeah. element. Because, again, to go kind of behind the scenes with Rams radio, um, a lot of people have said, you know, fewest points in the NFL, like lowest quarterback rating among qualified guys. It can't be any worse. Just make the switch now. Be careful with that. Because it can always get worse can. in the NFL. It doesn't right? mean scrap the offense. It just means get better at what you're doing. Yeah, so there's going to be times for shots down the field. I mean, Miami is vulnerable, just as vulnerable as anybody else in the National Football League. Um, it's They can get pressure on you, but what happens when they don't? That's when the proof is going to be in the pudding. All right, we're going to talk some Dolphins coming up. We're also going to talk about the L.A. Stadium and Entertainment District at Hollywood Park. Do you know it's going to be about nine times as large as this current complex at Staples Center LA Live that we're currently occupying right now? That's huge. It was sprawling That's huge. today. <laughs> when I was out there, I looked yeah. in every direction, and I could not believe the footprint. But Let's go jog a- it. <laughs> We'll have to relay it. You jog here to there. Right. Pass me the baton. I'll take a knee. I'll give it to Mo. Julio, our producer, will be next. Right. Jory Hirsch will uh, bring up the uh, the anchor leg. I and, like it. And, and we might be able to get all the way around the block. <laughs> um, but a lot of good stuff ahead in that regard, including a one-on-one conversation with Aaron Donald, his thoughts on the stadium complex, and whether or not he's going to be there in 2019 to enjoy it. That's straight ahead on ESPN LA 710. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the team with the guys who are with them every day. And he's in for the Los Angeles touchdown. Rams All-Access, J.B. Long, and DeMarco Farr. Only on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Back on Rams All-Access, ESPN LA 710, we invite you to see more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com slash rams today to reserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game. That's vividseats.com slash rams today. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, looking forward to joining you Sunday at the Coliseum with Maurice Jones-Drew. Three hours of pregame coverage before the debut of Jared Goff. And today at the L.A. Stadium and Entertainment District at Hollywood Park, the 
Ground zero for construction, which is already well underway. Uh, many dignitaries were in attendance, uh, including Stan Kroenke, the Los Angeles Rams owner, and Commissioner Roger Goodell. Here's what the commissioner had to say about Goff and his first start. I think it's great. He's a great young man. And, um, and it, you know, I had the chance to obviously spend time with him at the draft, and I'm sure he's anxious to get going, and uh, we'll all be watching. It'll be fun. Now, we know that Jared Goff, at least contractually, will still be here in 2019 when the Rams uh, go into that fabulous new facility. Uh, some work needs to be done to secure Aaron Donald's future with the franchise, of course. He's gonna, not going anywhere. They're going to have to pay him. Oh, and they is will. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Who are you going to get that's better? He, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. but, but he was there today. Johnny Hecker was there representing kind of the player side as well as some former greats like Eric Dickerson and Jack Youngblood. But uh, here's number 99 on what it meant to uh, hold a shovel and toss some dirt around uh, in Inglewood. Player, and you just uh, put down a shovel and you threw some dirt and you uh, got the groundbreaking underway. What was that moment like for you? It's pretty cool, you know, um, to be here where we're going to be playing in, in the next couple of years. So I'm um, excited, man, just to see how everything turned out. So. A lot of dignitaries here. Did you look to your left and your right and say, hey, that's our owner and that's yeah. the commissioner? You got the opportunity. To, it was in the um, trailer. got to talk to him a little bit. And, um, so it was, it was pretty cool. So, Pretty exciting week for the franchise. A change of quarterback, uh, shovels in the dirt here. The stadium's being built, and it feels like the Rams' future is being built. Does it feel that way in the locker room as well? Um, you know, we know the mindset we want. You know, we want to get back on that winning track, and, and we want one. Now the job is to try to win another one and another one, but um, it's week to week. So um, we're just going to go out there, play our game, play physical, and fly around and try to get a win. So. Some things have to happen for you to play in this stadium when it opens in 2019. How much of an intention is that of yours to be playing here in 2019 in Los Angeles? I'm just worried about 2016, 2017 right now. So I'm just playing my game and um, it'll take care of itself later on. I'm glad you said 2017. That means playoffs. If I'm him and I met the commissioner, if I'm Aaron Donald and I had a moment with the commissioner, I'm going Cam Newton. I am lobbying for holding calls. Hey, man, they're all over me. <laughs> they are all over me, man. You need to help me out and watch this. What's I'm Roger being held on every that? play. What's Roger going to do? I don't know. That? I'm just going to lobby. You never know. He may send the message down. You never <laughs> watch this guy. But I think that's tremendous. Uh, Johnny Hecker is there. Uh, Aaron Donald's there. I would say two guys that are pretty much guaranteed to be here when that new stadium opens. Mm -hmm. And, um, look, they're your best players so far. I mean, best in the league so far. So th that makes a whole lot of sense. Back-to-back -back weeks that Johnny Hecker has booted a career-long punt at the Coliseum two weeks ago. It was 75 yards against Carolina. Then he took one airborne for 78 I think that had something to do with the supermoon that was rising in New York. That thing was a uh, missile. Gravitational pull that from the moon. ridiculous. But here's the thing. This is what makes it easier for Jared Goff starting. I know this is all fun to talk about now, but if it's not there, uh, you don't have to put much more on yourself than what's there. If it's not there, you've got the league's best punter that can flip field position, and you're going to field one of the best defenses out there. So take your time. Let the game come to you. You're not expected to be the savior right now. That will come later on in December. But as of right now, take snaps. Let the game come to you. You know, out there in Inglewood today, there's already a big hole in the ground, and it's going to get bigger, some like 100 feet down, because when it's all said and done, you're going to walk in at ground level on floor six of eight, meaning only two floors above you. Everything else is going to be dug into the ground. That's scary uh, to me, man. I'm claustrophobic. And it's, it's, You're it's making me be, nervous. It's going to be comfortable. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think you have to be concerned. But I'll just go straight to the field. Experience. It's going to be yeah. more like uh, going into like Madison Square Garden. That makes you, sense. You kind of like take the elevator down, down. which is counterintuitive because everything in New York is up. Right. And you have to do it because of LAX? Is that why they're doing it down? I now? believe so. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Just because okay. the flight patterns, the, the profile of it or whatever, the height you know, could only be so big. That but, makes um, sense. Yeah. Uh, so I, where I was going with that is Johnny Hecker might be the only guy who can kick a football out of that hole currently. Wow. <laughs> you think the FAA is, is talking about Johnny Hecker? Wait a minute. <laughs> we can't fly a plane over when Hecker's out there. He may hit the plane. That That's a possibility. But if he keeps that up, um, and you're expecting more out of the offense, and you always want, want more offensive production. But if you keep that up, eventually with this defense, when the takeaways start to increase – you're going to put your, your offense on the field in more advantageous positions, and the points will start to come. Can we do a couple more things on this stadium before Shoot. we go back to, yeah. to Miami in yeah. Week 11? Um, you know, our boss, COO, uh, Kevin Demoff, executive VP of the Rams, this has been in part his vision with Stan Kroenke and making this happen. Uh, the man has put in so many hours. As a native to this area, I know this was a special day for him, uh, and he went one-on-one -on -one with Rams All Access. It's a special day for all of us. I mean, I think to have sat in a room two years ago and dreamed up this site and to have Commissioner Goodell 
putting a shovel here today to represent the NFL is is fantastic. I think for me personally, you know, there's a, a great family photo in our house of my mom on her 40th birthday. We're at the finish line at Hollywood Park. Um, my my parents, my sister, and I. I was nine, so that was 30 years ago. And I think to sit here today, building a new stadium and having another picture we can put up next to that one is special. The timeline started a while ago, but as of today, less than three years away. As we look around, progress is clearly going on. But does it still feel like a dream that this is going to be done in less than three calendar years? It seems like a dream. I think the next three years may be a nightmare to make sure that that it all gets done. And, you know, the amount of work, it's the largest entitled real estate project in Southern California to make it all come together, you know, to try to build your team, to try to build your franchise, to build a stadium in the entire district. This isn't just about a football stadium. This is about, you know, 300 acres where people will really reside, live, shop, dine, and eat. And so... I think we're so excited to begin the work on this progress and really to help transform Los Angeles in this neighborhood. Not by design, but coincidentally, it's almost poetic that as you begin to build here in Inglewood, the future of your franchise at quarterback gets his first start Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Can you connect those dots for us? Yeah, it was coincidental, not, you know, coincidental, symbolic, uh, not by design, but, you know, you wind up here, you're breaking ground on a new stadium and soon you hope to see Jared Goff throwing touchdown passes in the stadium. And I think for all of us, when you look at the future, this day represents hope, the future of Los Angeles, the future of the Rams, the future of the NFL, and, and Jared Goff's going to be a big part of that. And I do think there's an extreme symbolism in this being his first start, his first week, and us breaking ground right now. Thoughts on that, DeMarco? Uh, you know, I think it's tremendous. I, I, I saw Kevin Demoff uh, the day he took the job in, in St. Louis, and I'm telling you he's aged about 25 years. This has been rough. Moving a team out of one city into another, especially back into Southern California, and then uh, when you break ground today, it's like you said, it's almost the finish line. You're not done yet, but at least from his standpoint, um, it, it's got to be huge. It's got to be huge for Stan Kroenke, but – He's done this before, but to be the the point man in all of this, to get this done, that must have been huge for him. So, like you said, I, I hope he go, goes home and gets a little bit of rest, but Sunday's coming, and another yeah. Sunday's coming, and then the playoffs are coming. So it's not over yet, but uh, it's good for him. I'm happy for him. Cool anecdote told today about how Stan Kroenke was basically driving by moonlight, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning, basically taking site surveys and came across this piece of land and the light went on and said, this is where it's going to be. Wow. Um, he promised that it would be not just an NFL destination, not just a domestic destination, but a worldwide sports and entertainment destination. And that it would be beyond first class. It would be the best of the best. That's what's coming to Los Angeles. That's where the bar has been set. I always thought if you moved a stadium like Jerry world in Dallas to LA, what that, what that might look like. Well, I think, we're going to see that in 2019. Something like that. Something opulent. Something huge. Going to be huge. Um, do you read in, anything into the fact that Todd Gurley wasn't there? No. Me either. <laughs> Me either. No. <laughs> Not at all. Good. Maybe he's getting rest. He's watching film. Good. Jared Goff wasn't there, right? Jared Goff was not there. Jeff Fisher was not there. It was Johnny Hecker, and it was Aaron Donald. Good. And, and, Let's just stop the conspiracy theorists right now. No. It means nothing if he wasn't there. Hey, look, you played in a slightly <laughs> different era and in a slightly different city for the most of your career than Los Angeles in the social media era. But um, you know what media requests and demands and PR requests and departments are like in the NFL. Sometimes you get asked to do certain things and certain favors, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes you have to say no. Right. Right. Um, so, look, I think Aaron Donald is ready for Sunday. I think Johnny Hecker is ready for Sunday. I think those are two pretty good representatives to take their day off Perfect. and spend some time representing the organization. I'm with you. But that kind of leads us back to Week 11 and the matchup with the Miami Dolphins. They're red hot, and they've been on the coast now for a full week between games at San Diego when they rallied to beat the Chargers and anticipating uh, this matchup with Los Angeles. They're going to see Jared Goff. And I was reading Pro Football Focus uh, today, and I thought there were two kind of sections of an article about Jared's first start and his expectations that I highlighted and that I wanted to share with you. Um, the first is that based on what we know of him on tape, college, preseason, whatever, he can throw it downfield with timing and accuracy. Whether or not that works in the heat of battle, we don't know. Those are all going to be determined down the road. But 50% of his balls targeted 20-plus yards downfield. I thought that was good. Threw for more deep yards than any quarterback from a Power 5 conference. Just kind of reminding people of why they fell in love with Jared Goff, why they traded away a half a dozen picks to come up and get him. 
only eight quarterbacks in the entire FBS had more drop backs facing pressure than Goff, and he would finish in the top 12 nationally for accuracy under pressure and quarterback rating. So they're just kind of digging for things like, hey, what sample size can we pull out of Cal, out of Berkeley and college that might translate, that might be relevant for Sunday? Well, I guarantee he's going to be pressured, and I guarantee he's going to throw deep. And those are kind of the things that Case was struggling to do, right? His right. QB rating plunged when he was feeling the pressure. He was not completing balls deep. Yeah, I was just looking at his numbers versus the blitz. I believe he's below 60 or below 70 versus blitz and uh, sacked five times. So just go back to those games where you had Brian Quick open and and you missed. Uh, You had guys open down the field and you missed. Well, if you complete just half of those, what's your record right now? Some of those games will change on those plays. Could have changed. So those things are definitely a positive. Now, the thing I like about Jared Goff sitting out, I think you you get the the jitters of the NFL out. Like, oh my God, this is the pros. Well, you get to watch, and you're the backup, and you're a play away from going in. All that goes away. So there's going to be a little deer in headlights when he gets out there, but not as much as if you started week one. So all that will come into play when he realizes, and it, it happens to everybody that plays. Hey, you know what? This is just football. I've done this my whole life. Now let's go play ball. And this is just the first of what will hopefully be hundreds of games that he will play over his career. And I know reading from an article is, is not good radio, so this is the last little bit. I just thought it was a good reminder no, yeah. kind of midweek. It's that there's strong empirical evidence that performance as a rookie has no bearing on the rest of your career. And they threw names out like Ryan Tannehill, Robert Griffin III, Teddy Bridgewater, had tremendous rookie seasons uh, and maybe now they've stagnated a little bit. Okay. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, Derek Carr took his bruises. And Matthew Stafford in Detroit, I mean, his rookie season, you might have been like, did did we really... Did we make a mistake? Right. <laughs> right. So all that to say, the learning curve for an NFL quarterback begins on Sunday, and it is no way a referendum on who Jared Goff will be, nor is it a referendum on whether or not the Rams made the right decision, win, lose, draw, touchdown, interception on Sunday. Right. That being said, let's come back and let's talk more about Sunday because we're amped. Let's be 500 next show. All right. (laughs) Coming back on the other side with final thoughts, including a word from Jack Youngblood after this on ESPN LA 710. It's time to make you the smartest person in the room. When you and your friends talk Rams, you're going to have the goods thanks to Rams All Access. East right, F short, two jet, double cross, C quick. Looked at the numbers, I was shocked. This is Inside the Numbers. numbers. Welcome back to Rams All Access. Did you know that since the 1970 merger, 22 quarterbacks have been selected with the number one overall pick in a draft? Only four of them won their first professional start. David Carr, Mike Vick, John Elway, and Jim Plunkett. That's the list that Jared Goff is going to try and join on Sunday when he takes on the Miami Dolphins and tries to get his Rams back to 500 and into the playoff hunts. Sam Bradford lost that opener? I guess he did. (laughs) He had to. Wow. Uh, What a list. Why not add your name to that list? Why not get it started the right way? Even if it's not because of your arm, who cares? Just get the victory. you, You know what? Just... Don't turn the ball over. Don't make the big mistake. And I bet, I bet things will take care of themselves and you'll get the victory. I have a question along those lines. First, let me just tag it with a little bit more statistical research. The Rams have been 500 or better through 10 games since 2004. So more than a decade. They've been four and six, three years in a row. They're trying to turn that tide and get back to five and five. So here's my question. When we look at the final box score on Sunday, over under 23 carries for Todd Gurley. And here's where I got 23. His season high is 27 at Tampa Bay. He's had three 20-carry games. So what are you anticipating in terms of workload for Todd Gurley I want to say over, um, but I'm going to say under, and that's not because of what Miami's going to do. I just – you have to factor in Benny Cunningham. You okay. have to factor in the back. Let me give you this. Go ahead. Over under 30 running plays for the Rams. I'll take over. Combine the box score. I'll, I'll take over. Okay. Uh, between Todd, between Benny Cunningham, and Tavon Austin. You like the touches Benny's getting, don't you? I do. I, I love competition at running back. I love it. Like, anything you can do, I can do better. Yep. I loved when Benny broke that long run and almost scored. Because that's going to bring the best out of Todd Gurley. So, whoever it is, when there's competition in the mm-hmm. backfield, it's always better for an offense. I got another one of those going on right now. Tell me if you agree. 
Pharaoh Cooper's knocking on the door. Ooh. I don't know whose door he's knocking on. Not knocking. knocking. <laughs> he's beating it with a sledgehammer. Every door he sees, he's he's knocking on. Yes. You're uh, going to have to hold him off the field if this goes any further. Well, I mean, I, I think the challenge for Jeff Fisher, Rob Boris, especially the offensive coordinator, is can you get Tavon Austin and Pharaoh Cooper on the field at the same it's time? It's a tough question. Because they do a lot of the same things. Yep. I mean, he's an end-around guy. He's a jet-sweep type guy, and he's also a punt returner. So, look, I think he's going to maximize his reps. I don't think you're going to decrease anybody's reps for Pharaoh Cooper. We're not there yet, but he's going to see the field at some point, and I would bet he's going to make a play. He's going to make a play somewhere, either on special teams – return or going down to make a play or in the field carrying it or catching it Farrell Cooper is going to have something to say on Sunday go back to training camp Cooper was in line to be the Rams third receiver Jeff Fisher said it out loud Mm -hmm. he's there Uh, he doesn't lack for swag he doesn't lack for confidence and look uh, if you can get him the ball in the open field on one of those loose plays Mm -hmm. I guarantee you he's going to make a guy miss possibly two and we'll see what happens. I'm thinking he's going to come up big in the red zone, catching it short of the line of scrimmage or, or short of the goal line and working his way into the end zone uh, versus a corner or safety. I think he's that talented, that good. So we'll see what happens. I love to see him. When I talk about body language, you see guys on the field on offense or on the sideline on offense, they're way behind the white. This guy's toes is almost on the field, and you have to tell him to get back every single play. That's how much he wants to play. Now go back to our Rams All-Access Twitter poll today. Who does the quarterback change benefit most? 51% of you said Todd Gurley. Uh, Tyler Higby got a lot of love in that poll. I think that's correct because, what, they're practically roommates. They're not just draft classmates, Jared and Tyler, but they're they're close. They've trained together. And uh, don't read this the wrong way, but Lance Kendricks was Case's guy, right? Right. I mean, they had a, a veteran. They yeah. had a connection. Yeah, that was where Case looked first and often last in terms of his progression. That was a safety out. I think Higby can be that guy for Jared. I've said that I think Tyler emerges whenever Jared takes the keys. Well, that, that's been my line for a while. Kellen Winslow, senior, told me the tight end is always open, and he's right most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but veteran will find veteran. Youngster will find youngster down the field. So Higby or Goff to Higby could be something we're going to get used to saying at some point. But I see a lot of two tights. I see a lot of 21 with Harkey in the backfield uh, for protection purposes. And that could be your best weapon going down the field against them. I think you have mismatches there with a taller quarterback. See if you can't find Farrow Cooper as well to kind of bend it back to where we started initially. This segment of the Rams All-Access program is sponsored by Barbecues Galore, your local source for the best tailgating gear at the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. Visit barbecuegalore.com to find the store nearest you. You said two key words in one of your recent comments. Red zone. The Rams have been abysmal down there. I had not considered or put much thought to that being an area of improvement with Jared Goff. But now I'm thinking, when's the last time you saw Case Keenum throw an effective fade ball? In a a while. As a matter of fact, when we do this off air, when we're in the red zone, when you ask, what would you call here? Yeah. My first thought is always, throw the fade. You've got big receivers on the outside. Why not take a shot? But name name one instance where they... It hasn't been, at least in the last couple of weeks. Which, I haven't seen which one. Which makes me wonder if, if you know, for height or arm or whatever, if that's just not Case's strength. He would rather throw that front pylon ball, it right. seems, right. than the fade. Where did Hard Knocks start with Jared Goff? Fade. After fade, <laughs> after fade to Kenny Britt, remember? Yes. Where did Jared Goff get his first career preseason touchdown? F- a back shoulder fade. In Minnesota. Yeah. So this is starting to... <laughs> This is starting to crystallize for me that Jared – look, it's, it's a lot to ask a rookie quarterback to deliver in the red zone, right? That's like that's like a veteran thing. But he's done thing. it before. This but, is why you're here. But yeah. maybe – look, the, the fade gets hammered on social media and elsewhere just being like the easy red zone play call. But it really has not been part of L.A.'s repertoire down there. I, it's not easy, but I think it's mandatory. I think you should take shots. And I can tell you being on the other side in the red zone on defense, that's the first thing that scares you. No matter where you are in the field, when they break the huddle, you're looking to see what receiver is out there out wide and who's covering. Yeah, That tells you how fast you need to get there or how much ground you need to cover as a safety. I would throw those fades mandatory as soon as I hit the red zone. 
Reasonable expectations before we leave Jared for our final segment. Reasonable expectations for his first career start. What would you like to be able to leave the Coliseum saying about 16 on Sunday? I'd love for him to throw a touchdown pass. That's number one. I don't care from what distance. Uh, deeper the better. That would be great for the, for the fan base. But high completion percentage and pick up first downs. Keep the defense off the field and keep the offense on it. If you can stay on the field, better things are going to happen. Three and outs, no good. Staying on the field, always a positive. Even if you can drive the football and then, if you have to punt, keep them pinned and win field position. High completion percentage means you're winning field position, in my opinion. Will you take an interception or two so long as the touchdown total is greater? Uh, depends on how. If you get fooled, no. If it gets tipped and it, it's, it's a miracle catch by somebody, you have to live with that. But no bad decisions with the ball especially under pressure. That's a high bar, but that's where you got to start with the number one overall selection in Week 11 as he makes his first career start. Very few quarterbacks, only a small handful, have waited longer to make their debut as a number one drafted quarterback than Jared Goff. Let's talk a little bit about the Dolphins. They are dynamic. They're playing really well right now. We'll give you some of the key personnel and matchups to watch on the other side. Final segment of Rams All Access with DFAR, J.B. Long on ESPN LA 710. Levin at home against the Dolphins. And Jared Goff finally starting at quarterback. Right now with Rams All-Access. With J.B. Long and DeMarco Farr. ESPN LA 710. And the ESPN app. Man, are we fired up for Sunday. I mean, I like, I respect Case Keenum. He gave the Rams everything he could on and off the field but there's just a new energy that comes with Jared Goff getting that first start on Sunday let's hope that it lifts the Rams to a victory DeMarco Farr JB Long can't wait to join you on Sunday from the Coliseum final segment of Rams all access here let's talk a little bit about the Dolphins who might be the hottest team in the NFL four straight wins they got their most recent one on the road in San Diego intercepting Phillip Rivers four times in the last quarter DeMarco they protect the football really well Zero offensive turnovers during this four-game winning streak. What do you make of Ryan Tannehill and company coming to town? Well, I mean, he does put it on the turf. They've been fortunate to fall on the football. So, But Tannehill is tough, man. He is a zone re-threat. He'll pull it out and run. He's a former receiver. Uh, he's, a good, he's a scramble threat. And he takes a good pop in the pocket. He is not afraid to get hit at all. So he will stand and deliver. Um, they have fast receivers. Yep. I, I mean, really, really fast Penny guys. Stills, Jarvis Landry. Um, Marquise Gray, tied in. You're right. They're all good. So, yeah. so the thing is, when you when you look at them and you see Tannehill taking hits in the pocket, you can get pressure on them. The problem is, what happens when you don't? Because these receivers can get behind you. They've gotten behind every team they've played uh, with good pressure. So, you know, if he gets the ball out and it's complete, it's a different world trying to get these guys on the ground. So Miami. They deserve the record. They deserve to be the hottest team in the league right now, or at least perceived that way. They remind me a little bit of Detroit in terms of having three viable receivers. Uh, Devontae Parker is the other one I didn't mention. Um, and New York as well, kind of back-to-back. But what New York lacked was any semblance of a running game, and that could not be farther from the truth with respect to Miami. They might have the best running game in the NFL right now. Yeah, and uh, Ajayi started the season uh, as the fourth running back. I mean, he wasn't even in the two deep. They didn't take him to Seattle. <laughs> right. They did not take him because it, he was not on teams. Yes. And um, and uh, Aaron Foster hadn't retired yet. Right. So they left him at home. Worked his way into the lineup. I mean, the, the offense hasn't changed with the running back. It's the same old scheme. The, pro the difference is... And I thought Arian Foster was tremendous early before things went south for him. I thought he was he really looked good. But the difference is, I mean, you're getting guys to the football, scot-free to the football when you load the box. The problem is you can't get this guy on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a tough mutter, so to speak. No matter what surface, no matter what defense you're playing, you've got a problem getting him on the ground. So it's a positive for the Rams that they're great tacklers. When you look across the field and you look at how many solo tackles there are, especially Aaron Donald, they're good tacklers, but you're going to need to gang tackle this guy. This is the best running back you've seen to date. 5.7 yards per carry to lead the NFL to DeMarco's point. And how about this? His second and third career starts. He goes for 204 against Pittsburgh, 214 against Buffalo. Here's the list in NFL history of NFL players who have rushed for 200 in consecutive weeks. OJ, Earl Campbell, and another former Miami Dolphin, Ricky Williams. Wow. That's, That's a good list. That's it. <laughs> That's a great list. Yeah, it's a great list. Uh, and they're going to give him the ball and give him opportunities, just like Todd Gurley. Uh, they want to take the pressure off the quarterback and, and run the ball. So 
Look, if you, there's been some great games out of him you just mentioned, and there's also been some games where he was average and ordinary. Yeah. Cincinnati gave it to him. Uh, a, a couple of weeks where he's working his, his way into the lineup. Uh, you know, it, it's a guy you you look at the stat column. I mean, he chipped in a, a, a couple of good yards here, but he's not unbeatable. He's not Superman. You can go out there and stuff him just like every other running back, but it's not going to be easy. This guy really brings it downhill. One thing that might help is having Robert Quinn on the field, someone we've mentioned in passing but have not talked about here in the minutes remaining. What did you see from Rob at practice? What are your thoughts on whether or not he might be available on Sunday? Well, when I got out to practice, he was just coming out from the weight room, and he looked like he'd got a good sweat in. I, I thought that was positive. If he had done nothing that day, then I'd be worried. So that's that's a step in the right direction. Uh, Eugene Sims, nothing but positive. We haven't heard anything just yet, but nothing but positive. So you might be, hopefully, at LaMarcus? full strength. Uh, LaMarcus, not so sure. Yeah. He was off the field. He was across the field. I saw him throwing the ball around, but he wasn't moving as much. Okay. But up front, hopefully, you'll be at full strength. LaMarcus, you're going to have to bar from the stadium if you don't want him to play on Sunday. You're going to have to lock him out. He's the right type of guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a painful game, and sometimes you're going to have owies, and I don't think owies will keep him off the field. Situationally, just kind of aside from X's and O's and personnel, do you like the vibe of having a team that's coming in riding a four-game winning streak and is on the back half of a back-to-back road trip? Uh, Or does does that scare you? You know, I like it. I do like it. I think it's an opportunity one. Yeah. But I also think it's very tough for a team to maintain its edge when they're content and when they're on the road for more than a full week. I'll take you back to the end of 2015 when the Rams stayed in Napa right before they played the Niners to end the year. Mm-hmm. And, and Blaine Gabbert looked like a pro bowler against them. I don't think that had to do with him. I think that had to do with how the team so played against him. So weeks 15 to 16, or yeah. 16 to 17 last year, you're telling me. The team stayed in Northern California. Northern California in wine country. And it was rough. I mean, you're in Napa. Um, it's a vacation spot, so it's kind of hard to get jacked up. Um, mm-hmm. Part of being on the road is that Spartan mentality. I mean, there's a certain edge that comes with getting off a plane. So when that goes away, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You, you don't have your fan base to jack you up on game day. Yeah, interesting. We'll see, we'll see how they respond. Winning five games in a row – at this level of football is statistically improbable no matter who you're playing, no matter where you're playing. But, yeah, I, I, there's something about Sunday that sets up, well, aside from Jared playing, aside from Adamic and Sue, forget all that. Just take the nameplates off, take the logos off. Can one team be on the road for this long and not get not just their fourth consecutive win but their fifth consecutive win? Or are the L.A. Rams going to 500 and winning Jared Goss' first start? Versus the team that won on the road. It's going to be Just fun to one find on the road. Out. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good matchup. Love it. All right, our pregame coverage, three hours before kick. Hope you'll join us in person, Christmas Tree Lane Coliseum. If not, have it locked on ESPN LA 710 all day. It's going to be memorable. It will be a historic game. It'll be a milestone in Jared Goff's career. Will he get the first of what we hope will be many wins? Leading the Rams, about to find out just a couple days away. Thank you for being with us on ESPN LA 710 and Rams All Access.